Welcome back to another episode of the Balance Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and today we have a very important topic to discuss. If you often feel emotionally drained at the end of your workday, then this episode is a must listen for you. We're going to uncover and talk about the power of energy-based productivity over time-based productivity. And I'm going to share some key strategies that you can leverage every single day to tap into this. Dear Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together, let's find your unique balance. All right, so let's get stuck straight into it. Many of us measure our work and our output based off the physical time that we put in. There's an age-old fallacy that the longer we work, the more productive we are. But what if I told you that the key to satisfaction in our work and avoiding emotional exhaustion lies not in the amount of hours we put in, but about the quality or the nature of the energy that we actually invest. I'm going to explain to you what that actually means in just a moment. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking about why time-based productivity, which is basically measuring your productivity based off time put in, is not the most effective way to go about managing your energy and your output. Then we're going to explore some practical strategies on how we can actually gauge and manage our energy expenditure throughout the day, whether you're in the office, whether you work from home, whether you're working in a social collaborative setting, these are going to be game changing. And lastly, we're going to uncover ways to recharge and reboot ourselves once we've crossed that threshold where we're really emotionally exhausted and we need some, you know, bit of a stronger technique or a bit of a stronger approach to re-kick ourselves back into balance. So time-based productivity versus energy-based productivity. Generally, there's this prevailing notion, as I said before, that long hours equals being productive. I'm certainly not exempt from having this opinion. I mean, if anyone listening works in a law firm, you'll know that your time is based off your billable hours. So anyone who's not familiar with what that is in a law firm, every six minutes of time is a block in your workday. And generally you have a KPI of how many billable hours you need to hit. So if it's six billable hours, that's going to be 60 time blocks or 60 entries. Basically that's so they can justify to the client why and how they've charged the way they do. But this is a prime example of this age old fallacy of your productivity being determined on your output and your time. Now, this was something I really started to think about when I got into a law firm. So say, for example, it took me one hour to draft a contract and I block that in. My colleague puts down two hours of time that he's taken to draft that contract. And someone's just looking from afar, not diving into the detail on a high level. Looks like he's done more work than me. But in actual fact, maybe I'm just more efficient at what I do and I've cut it down by half the time. So the amount of time we put into something is not always indicative of our efficiency or our productivity. And I think this is the exact mindset that leads us to burnout and more and on a more micro level, that emotional drain at the end of every day, because it's this feeling of, well, I just need to do a bit more. I just need to do a bit more. And you push and you push and you think you've just got to throw more energy and more time at it for you to be productive. But we all know, I know you listening know this, that when you push from that point where you have no energy already, 
it doesn't do either of us any good. But even still, even if we still accept that we can't push from a from an empty cup, we can't push from a place where we're exhausted, there is this lingering feeling of, you know, I need to work more time or my, the time I put in is indicative of my productivity. I guess you could look at this as well in the context of studies, right? Sometimes we think the more we study, the more we'll know, the better prepared we will be. But it doesn't say anything about the quality of that study, how you've shown up in that study. Is it, has it been four hours of you being productive or has it been a four hour time block where you've been productive for one hour? So I want us today to just move a little bit away from this idea of using time as our measure, as our measurement for our output and the quality of it. And we're gonna to shift to talk about energy-based productivity. So energy-based productivity is basically working to your strengths of when you have the most energy. So I've done a few episodes talking about, you know, morning people versus night people. And just generally speaking, we all have energy peaks and spikes at different moments in the day. So energy-based productivity basically gets you to align your work with your natural rhythms and leverage our peak performance periods. And what this basically will allow you to do is get more done in less time because you're being strategic about when you're doing things and more importantly, avoid that emotional exhaustion. All right, this is my favorite part. We're going to talk about the strategies of how you're actually going to achieve this in practice. Okay, one strategy I've learned about is this idea of rhythmic planning. So instead of scheduling tasks back to back throughout the day, so you guys know I've spoken about having like time blocking and having time, like lists at the beginning of the day where you have an outline of everything you need to do that day. So if you're using rhythmic planning, you are grouping activities based off the energy that's required to go into them. So I think the easiest way to think about this is what types of activities require a lot of energy from you like a big output and what other types of activities that come to you a little bit more naturally and you don't really need to spend that much energy going into it. So say for example, admin is a really big drain on your energy, right? You wanna then put a chunk of admin or, or block all the activities that you would classify as admin or basically that just take a lot of your energy. You wanna slot them into when you have the most energy. So say that's in the morning, right? In the morning, you have the most energy when you first get into the office or when you first get into work, you want to tackle those things first because you have the most energy to give and you are leveraging and using the most out of, you know, your natural rhythm when you naturally flow and have more energy. Say you reserve that for the afternoon, right? And I think a lot of us do this. We push things out, we procrastinate on the things that we don't like to do or the things that are hard. Doing that when we have low energy is like a double negative you are not maximizing your natural rhythms there and you're almost punishing yourself really by trying to drag yourself through the mud in a situation that you already find difficult and then layering on top of that when you have the least amount of energy now you can see how that's really an unproductive way to do things you know it might take you then double the amount of time in a period where you have less energy versus if you were to do that and leverage and piggyback it on a section of time where you feel you have the most energy. So I'll give you guys a practical example. I've actually, in thinking about this, I've recently implemented a rule, a working rule of mine. And that is not to have meetings after 2 p.m., obviously where I can help it. Because what I realized was when I had these meetings or calls scheduled for later in the afternoon, it would almost just weigh down on my mind and I couldn't get stuck in the flow of doing anything because I had this like lingering appointment. It was almost like I was just waiting around for it. And I literally realized only a couple of weeks ago, maybe I should just only take meetings in the morning 
because I find them really disruptive as well. Like you really have to plan your day around when you've got meetings and appointments, when other people are free. And I feel like you're then just slotting other tasks in and around that. So if I can get them all out of the way in the morning and then just have an open afternoon to flow through my work, that works a lot better for me. And that's actually because in the afternoon, I don't have as much energy. So the feeling or need to have to get on a call and you know, like socialize or connect with other people is really draining. So that's just a small example of something that's worked for me. But I think in the context of your job, and of course, where you have flexibility over where you can and can't do things, and this is generally outside of you know urgent things, things that pop up. If you can categorize your day or pull certain tasks that you do every single day, if you can start by doing them when you have the most energy, and that might be in the afternoon for you, but it might be in the morning, and then reserve the other things that are less of a mental drain on you for the times you have lower energy, then watch how much that changes your output. You will actually be hacking your own productivity and your own output because you're piggybacking the what that task requires you're picking backing that onto the energy you have at that period of time. And so rather than looking at it as from a time-based productivity, you're actually looking at your energy when it's highest and allocating that to highest output required activities. And that's how you get your head around rhythmic planning. I really love this one and I think it is very, very, very powerful. So if you do give it a go, shoot me a message on Instagram. If you're unsure kind of where to start in the context of your work, I'm happy to be a little soundboard for you. But this has really helped me cut down my actual working time, which sounds crazy, but it makes sense. If I was doing something before when I had no energy versus when I have energy, I'm only going to do it faster and more effectively and probably to a higher standard as well. So give it a go. Let me know what you guys think. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The second strategy to work off this energy-based productivity is to take a lot of micro breaks. Research has actually shown that taking short breaks every 60 to 90 minutes can help maintain focus and prevent mental fatigue. And, you know, I think sometimes people get turned off when we talk about breaks. It doesn't have to be go take a half an hour lunch break. Like, I get it. Sometimes you're busy and you just actually want to push through the day. But having that small buffer where you take an actual pause in between activities, especially when you're changing, say, from one task to another, is really, really important. And I'm like just kicking myself a bit now because I realize how often I forget to actually do this myself. But it can honestly, guys, be as simple as taking three deep breaths of looking into the distance and just giving your eyes a break from being, you know, on screen. It doesn't have to be anything convoluted, but just injecting a small break helps you almost reset before you do something else. And I think that's really, really powerful for our energy levels rather than just go, 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 go. I think we deplete it a lot faster that way, but having a moment of pause, a little moment of rest, a little moment, just acknowledging our existence and ourselves and connecting with our breath, I think is really, really powerful. My favorite one, if you do have time is to get outside. 
even if it's just a walk around the block. I used to love working in Sydney CBD. I used to just walk to the park, beautiful Hyde Park in the middle and just lie under a tree, do a quick meditation, depending how busy my day was, how much time I had. But just to get some sun and some fresh air and being in nature is really, really special. So if, if, you know, if that's available to you and you have time to do that, I always really, really love doing that too. I'm going to throw in another quick two just before we wrap up. So the first is task prioritization. So we've spoken about task lists before. In the morning, you sit down, you write down all the things you need to do. So it's not kind of scrambled in your mind. But then actually writing this list in order of priority, what's most important to least important is really important because if you don't A, have clarity on that and B, then procrastinate the things that are important, that can create a lot of stress. And if you're the type of person who has more energy first thing in the morning, then you want to knock out those high ticket items that are a priority so that you can then ease into your afternoon. You want to work to the strengths of when your energy is most high and the second thing is work boundaries now i probably should and will do a whole episode just on this point but very simply if you've got too much work on your plate and you're asked to do more just say no no one's ever going to fire you because you've you know you're doing your job really and for me it's always been a thing of if i say yes right and i keep on saying yes and i can't handle it then they're just going to assume that I'm capable of doing all that work. They're not going to know maybe that I'm sitting there stressed out when I'm just being a yes man. They're just going to assume that I've got capacity to do it. So try and say no where you genuinely don't have the capacity. You know, like don't take the piss. Say no when you genuinely cannot do it. Because then that gives an indication. I mean, if you want to flip it from a business point of view, That gives that business an indication that they don't have capacity in their team to take on the amount of work that they've got. And that's really good feedback for them because then they know they're at a point where they need to hire or expand. At least that's how I approach things anyway. So I never take on more than what I can. And if you're in this headspace, right, where you're working effectively and productively, you're utilizing your max output, you know, just stacking on more work is actually not good for your entire well-being, which as we know then spills over, you know, you start losing sleep, you don't feel as healthy, you don't get a social life. All those things are going to impact just the core level of work you do. So taking on more is never worth it. And sometimes it should be or it comes down to, you know, what have you got on your plate? If you want to take on more work, then what can you get rid of? You know, start subbing things out like that rather than thinking you need to put more time into things. And I think, like I said, it's a really age old fallacy to think about the more time we give something, the better it's going to be. I really think it comes down to quality over quantity with everything, relationships, work, but especially this when we're talking about our physical output. All right. Just as a quick final point, say you're already there. You're like, sis, I'm emotionally drained. I'm already there. I've kind of had it. What do I do? Well, I just think about a very simple question that I always come back to and it's what have I been neglecting? So generally when we feel burnt out, it's because we've poured too much time into one area of our balance and pulled away too much from the others. So if you haven't heard this before, I'll really quickly run over it. The balance theory is a combination of your health, your relationships and your work or your fulfillment. And what you need in each of those areas is unique to you. So you have certain non-negotiables with your health. You have certain non-negotiables with your relationships and with your fulfillment. Generally, when we get pulled into fulfillment or our work, we tend to then start to sacrifice time with loved ones. We start to sacrifice things with our health. Maybe we're not meal prepping. Maybe we're not sleeping enough. Maybe we're not hydrating enough. Maybe we're not exercising as much as we would like. 
And so for anyone really feeling that emotional drain right now, really feeling like they're in burnout, think about what you've been neglecting. What have you compromised on to give more of yourself to work? And maybe it's actually a case where you are not physically like withdrawn from anything, but because you're so emotionally drained, the way you're showing up for those other people in your life or for those other activities, for your gym, your health, your classes, whatever it is, the way you show up is subpar and therefore you're not actually getting what it gives to you because you're just not at that level to be receptive. You're not actually present in the things you're doing because you've compromised and you know, you're so emotionally drained from work. Once you work out what that thing is, you know what to do. You have to just slowly add it back onto your schedule, find the time, make it a priority, and don't be afraid to say no or put up some boundaries with work because once it starts to spill over into your health, that is a one-way ticket to disaster. We know our health is the cornerstone, is the foundation for everything in our life. So do not let that be compromised. It's really, really important that you keep that as number one. To avoid getting here in the first place, I mean, I know sometimes life gets hectic and it gets in the way, but you can take advantage of regular self-check-ins. So whether that's once a week, every night before you go to bed, you can just self-assess, maybe on a Sunday before you start your work week, just assess and ask yourself, okay, did I compromise anything that was a non-negotiable to me this week? Now, for those of you who are like, I don't know what you're talking about when you're saying non-negotiables, I'm gonna link an episode in the show notes. You can go back. We take you through how to set up your non-negotiables, how to know what they are and how to actually keep them as priorities. So definitely check that one out. But I feel like when you get to this point where you feel burnt out and lost and scattered, it's about coming back to, okay, what have I compromised on? What have I not given enough attention to? And slowly just bring that back to life. Then regularly check in with yourself so you avoid kind of getting in a position where you let it go too far. And I think this is a really good way to bounce back from that emotional drain that we get from work sometimes. So I hope this has been useful, guys. I think reframing away from time-based productivity to energy-based productivity is a game changer if you really are interested or value quality over quantity. And I think it's a really powerful way to look at our output and help us avoid burnout or that need to just do more and be more all the time when sometimes it's not the answer. Sometimes we're giving enough. We just need to sharpen up the quality of that time. So I hope you guys have loved this episode. If you have any colleagues or friends that you feel would really love this one that need to also maybe sharpen up how they're spending their time or would be interested in learning about energy-based productivity, forward this onto them now. It's my favorite way to connect with new listeners when they come through and they say that someone's shared this episode with them. Uh, it, It really makes me happy and it's a lovely way to expand the community. So thank you all so much for listening and I'll catch you all on Monday for another guest interview. Until then, stay balanced.